Sky, and welcome to episode 144 of the Dinner Sisters podcast. We're two sisters taking on the nightly challenge of dinner. I'm Kate Schultz, living and working, well, now in Georgia. Kate, let's pause on our intro for a second and talk about that change of location. (laughs) (laughs) So the fun news is that I got a new job and my day day job. Um, Unfortunately, podcasting is not my day job and um, it's all remote. So I was able to move down to Georgia and I'm really excited. I'm staying in the lake cabin right now. And in a couple months, I'll be moving up to Atlanta. So Betsy and I can be closer. So it's very exciting. I'm excited for us to be um, hanging out and seeing the kids and that kind of thing. So just good times, changes and moving forward. Yeah, we're all very excited about this. And um, it's going to be a fun new year, 2021. Mm-hmm. Kate. It's going to happen. going to happen. I'm Betsy Wallace. I live, work, and raise a family in Atlanta, Georgia, as we all know. Now everyone's here. <laughs> uh, I love dinner time, but can always use help planning and cooking for my family of five. Our goal with this podcast, we want to cook a little better, learn a little bit about food, and most importantly, figure out what the heck to have for dinner. And here's how this works. Every week, we have three recipes that we cooked and reviewed from, gosh, anywhere I can find a a recipe, right? Food blogs, internet chefs, anywhere on the World Wide Web. We have all the recipes, tips, a smorgasbord, and a shopping list on our website at dinnersisters.com. And you can also get everything sent directly to your inbox by subscribing to our newsletter if you'd like to preview the recipes before listening. Okay, Kate, so this week's recipes were a Russian chicken soup with homemade noodles by Olga's Flavor Factory, pressed Italian sandwich by Shutterbean, and roasted red pepper soup by Midwest Foodie. You know, it's actually so funny with everybody staying home this year, no big get togethers, you'd think the holiday season would be like a little less chaotic. But like, and maybe it is in some ways, but honestly, I'm finding myself busy all day long. I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't have anywhere to go. (laughs) Hey, you have been doing some decorating though. I've seen a lot of decorating going on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. Trying to a little Christmas spirit in the lake cabin, um, including some surprises for the kids. So that's been fun. And sometimes, you know, when you've just been decorating all day, you just want to cook a sandwich (laughs) for dinner. (laughs) Yes, Kate. Tis the season. I love that we're doing this. Uh Yeah. And we've got some recipes that you can kind of make ahead or make in no time at all. All right. Uh, agreed. I am into kind of warming simple meals right now. And I know a lot of us kind of, even though we we stayed at home and had easy Thanksgivings, sometimes that was a lot of cooking for me. I'm still kind of yeah. thinking about how much cooking went into <laughs> when you're not sharing the cooking load, Right, it suddenly got a little bit out of control. And so it's nice to have these, um, have these recipes that are just very low cook, warming, easy, good for leftovers, things like that. So let's kick it off here with this Russian chicken soup with homemade noodles by Olga's Flavor Factory. I think this is a first on this blog for us. Yeah, it definitely is. It's a classic chicken noodle soup done in a way that I haven't tried before. And Olga's Flavor Factory, she does um, a little bit of Russian food, a little bit of other kinds of foods, if you want to check her out. And her version is a chicken soup made with carrots, celery, and potatoes with homemade noodles put in at the end. And what I liked about this is it's like soup. I was going to say soup to nuts, but that's an odd 
in any case, what I like about this is that you just kind of, you can do it while you're puttering around the house and, but it doesn't take necessarily all day. So to make it, you simmer a pound of chicken wings with peppercorns and the bay leaf for about an hour until you get a nice stock. When that's done, you scoop out the chicken and strain the stock in a fine mesh strain strainer. Meanwhile, you can saute up some onions, carrots, and celery in a pan until soft. You add that to the stock in a large soup pot, along with a couple diced potatoes and the meat from the chicken wings. You season it to taste and then simmer so that you can get the potatoes cooked and soft. And that's why you make some noodles. And it's just a simple flour and water dough, which is kneaded together and then rolled into sheets. This is a step I hadn't done before, which is you toast the noodle sheets a bit on a dry saute pan, and then you cut it into small ribbons. And when the potatoes are done, you add the noodles in, cook those for a couple minutes and serve with herbs like dill, if you like. So Betsy, how'd this go? Okay. So I liked this soup. Uh, I thought making with the chicken wings was kind of interesting. I was surprised to see that. Um, mm-hmm. Which it was good. I, there's not a ton of meat on the chicken wings. So you get the, you know, like right. not huge chunks of chicken in this uh, and a different cut. I did not make the noodles, Kate. I was, <laughs> I considered it a couple of times. And every time I thought about making the noodles for this thing, I instead texted you and was like, I mean, like, this noodle recipe. And then I would go into my gifts and find a side eye one or like right. one of these like annoyed, like a- annoyed gifts to send to it was like a week of gifts. And finally I was like, you know what? Just don't make the noodles. All right. Just don't make them. I'd be like, well, I'm supposed to make that soup, but I don't think it's noodles. And I'd be like, gosh, I'm annoyed at Kate for this. And then I would <laughs> send a little text. It was instead super of making fun. Yeah. I really uh, liked it. Yeah. So um, I just used some pan, some um, pasta from the pantry and it was totally fine. And the soup is really good. I mean, it's a good, chicken soup. And one of the things that I kind of took from this, Kate, my main takeaway here Mm. is that I normally don't add like a nice handful of dill or parsley to my soup at the end. I loved that. I'm going to do that. I thought that just really fresh, like brightened everything up and um, really did. Loved it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. I thought this was a pretty easy soup to make. You know, it's like not complicated. I thought I liked that. Um, the chicken wings were used because it's kind of a cheaper cut. So sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like these chicken soup recipes are like, take three pounds of chicken breasts. You're like, I'm just making chicken soup, man. Yeah. Like for me, right. it's like a homey frugal me- meal and you can really escalate it quickly. So I liked that. And it made kind of a light and delicate broth, which was lovely. I would call this like a not really strong flavored soup. It's a little more delicate, which is, is good. So I might actually put this on my roster for like freezing for if you're under the mm. weather. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. real easy to digest, real soothing soup. Um, and, you know, honestly, if you wanted to up the richness factor, you could simmer the chicken wings in stock or in bought chicken stock from the store, which is called making a double stock. And so if you do that, then you would get a richer chicken flavor. But I didn't find it necessary. Some people might want to do it if you want to punch things up a bit. For me, this is a four out of five. I thought it was a solid recipe. Chicken noodle soup you know, that I liked. I, th- I think Betsy actually you could add egg noodles if you didn't want to make your own noodles or really just any pasta. I think it'd be great. How about you? What'd you rate it? Yeah. I kind of, same thing, kind of, I was thinking like a three or four out of five, but this, the recipe was pretty good. I just, um, you know, yeah, that it was, that was a good chicken soup. I would agree with you that that delicate 
lighter flavor was nice. Okay, so Pressed Italian Sandwich by Shutterbean is next. And I know we have some Shutterbean fans who yes. are listening. <laughs> so Shutterbean lists on a longtime favorites for us. I know we have used her recipes for a while. And but we hadn't done it in a little bit. So I was kind of happy to see that she had a recipe for this kind of sandwich. I was kind of cruising around the internet looking for this specific type of sandwich, which I really like. And so in a nutshell, a pressed Italian sandwich is um, a sandwich that's made with cold cuts, cheese, a spread like olive tapenade or a pesto, and usually use a ciabatta, which is like a, a holy, not like, you know, sacred holy, but like full of holes, <laughs> bread, that's kind of um, a little bit of a flatter loaf, kind of a wider loaf that you can cut horizontally to make these sandwiches. So all you're doing is one side of this cut loaf is um, spread with olive tapenade. The other side gets olive oil and balsamic vinegar. And um, a tapenade is just olives that have been chopped real fine and mixed together with a little bit of extra oil, a little salt, a little pepper. And so that gets on one side olive oil and balsamic vinegar on the other. And then you layer on fresh mozzarella, mortadella, if you want, salami, capicola, or any of your favorite Italian style cold cuts. Put on some roasted red pepper, marinated artichokes, and fresh basil. Close up your sandwich and then wrap it really well in foil or plastic wrap. Put it in the fridge and then you put weights on top of it for at least a couple hours. And what this does is like melds the sandwich together into just one delicious piece. And when everything's set, you slice and serve. So Betsy, how did this work out for you? So this is like basically a no cook meal, which I like. I ended Mm -hmm. up, you and I both talked about this. We both made our own bread, which went two very different directions, which was kind of funny. So I made the Alexandra Cooks focaccia, which ended up being kind of thin for me. And I'm not exactly sure why it was still Mm. sliceable in half, but it was just a little bit on the thin side still worked, was delicious. I think we um, enjoyed that kind of thinner focaccia sandwich with this. Uh, I'll say when I had it out for dinner, Maida and I and Ryan all went to Rome last fall. And Mm -hmm. she was so excited. She said, oh, this is just like the sandwich you get at the little shops in the stand and walk around and have a bite. And, you know, it it was very sweet. And then she asked, um, we just recently upgraded our house and got some um, Amazon Echoes. So now we're smart homing it over here. (laughs) And she asked Alexa to play some Italian dinner party music for her. (laughs) How fun is that? (laughs) To eat her sandwich. <laughs> oh my goodness, in the mood. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean you can imagine the the um the music that comes out. It's like you're in a you know like in a tutorial. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Or up on the hill in Providence uh-huh. and for a lot of Frank Sinatra. Yes, yeah. And so uh it was it was very sweet and it was a very simple meal too to have for dinner, and it was nice that you can make it ahead. And mm-hmm. I just it was and it was something we had never made for dinner before, and I had never made it home before. And it really was not that difficult, especially if you um, buy your bread. It just a fun, it was just a fun meal. Yeah. I couldn't find Shabbat in Milledgeville, unfortunately. So I ended up trying to make my own and and that's a whole rant. We'll save that for the smorgasbord. I also couldn't find roasted peppers, um, but I did everything else. And you know, the thing about this still delicious. Yeah. You don't really need, you know, make it how you want it. If you don't like roast, if you don't like marinated artichokes, well, first of all, more for me. 
but leave them out. If you're not a tapenade person, um, I couldn't find any. I use basil pesto. Delicious. You know, I think there could be a ton of variation in this. And this too, Betsy, reminded me of one of my favorite, if you're from Rhode Island, LaSalle Bakery sandwiches that I love. And so it was kind of actually the flavors I'd been looking for. And this actually lasted about three days in the fridge for me. So I could kind of take it out. um, And one of them I actually put in the toaster oven, which I did not hate. That sounds good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So five out of five for me. Very good. Yeah. Five out of five for me here too. I don't think you can miss with these. And especially if you're looking for kind of a break for cooking, that this is a a great way to have Mm -hmm. um, not a bowl of cereal. So there you go. Mm -hmm. Okay. So last is a roasted red pepper soup by Midwest foodie. Actually, I was looking for a tomato soup when I came across these recipes because I was like, Oh, well that's a boring tomato soup. Seen that before. Meh. And so finally I stumbled across a roasted red pepper soup and was like, Oh, that's delicious. Mm -hmm. And I found this one, which sounded really good because it had some cheese in it. And I was like, let's do it. So to make it, you saute onions and garlic with a pinch of sugar, oregano, sage, and thyme. When the onions are soft and the mixture is fragrant, add two large jars of roasted red peppers and some vegetable stock. You simmer that for 10 minutes and then you blend it up using a stick or high speed blender and then add it back to your pot if needed. And to finish it off, you melt in eight ounces of smoked Gouda and a bit of cream. You serve it with croutons. There you go. (laughs) How did everyone like this, Betsy? So I like to buy roasted red pepper uh, soup in the Tetra Pack you know, the oh, um, like Pacific foods. Mm-hmm. So I keep that in the pantry a lot. Um, I thought this was great, delicious. I will continue to buy uh, mm. the roasted red pepper soup because I wouldn't say, I wasn't like, oh, this is so amazing. I'm going to make this myself now. But I will say, so that being said, I think if you don't, if you have the stuff in your pantry and you want to make it, mm-hmm. also delicious. Like I like the the roasted red pepper soup as a thing. I'm glad I know how to make it from home. Uh, all very good information. I had never doctored it up with some Gouda in there. That was delicious. And (laughs) like, then one of her um, suggestions is to chop some pistachios and parsley on top. That Yes. Yeah. So we did that. And the Gouda, I felt like mine didn't melt totally in there. You could still kind of see it. And I don't Mm -hmm. know if my soup wasn't hot enough or what, but no, mine did the same. Yeah. Okay. Not an issue. Right. Uh, And but then we had the uh, sprinkle of pistachios and parsley, which I kind of served, put in little bowls for people to take and top their um, soup with. Mm-hmm. That was so delicious. I really, yeah, I really, really liked that. And I thought, oh, no matter if I buy this pepper soup or I'm just going like make it, or if I just buy it, I can doctor it up like this, and it'll right. feel like semi homemade. Hmm. Really good idea. I'll tell you, Ryan was like, I don't think pistachios go in this soup. This tastes weird, but no one else had that opinion. So <laughs> what? just for the record, but <laughs> I, duly I, I, yeah, duly noted, maybe you won't like the pistachios. The rest of us thought it was, was very delicious. I um, had it for lunch with a loaf of bread that I had bought mm-hmm. uh, since we're all at home now, you know, and I thought with the extra pistachios in there too, or the nuts, I was like, Ooh, that's like a little extra kind of filling protein for these kiddos at lunch. Yeah. So that was nice. Yeah. I thought this came together pretty quickly in all mm-hmm. honesty. I was happy about that. It blended up really well. 
Um, she may have a, a little note that, you know, make sure to use smoked cheese because that adds the flavor. I didn't really taste the smokiness. It could have been my cheese. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, oh, why didn't I add smoked paprika? Mm -hmm. Right? So that would have been delicious. You know what I did? I had this with a little bit of a pressed sandwich one day. Mm, really nice. That was good. I was like, yeah. it was a combination so delicious. I was like kind of proud of myself. <laughs> It's like, oh, very good together. Um, welcome to love, Cafe Kate. Yeah, yes. welcome to my cafe in Sparta, Georgia. <laughs> um, I loved having this for a couple lunches. And I actually halved the recipe, and that was perfect for one person. It's just mm -hmm. enough roasted red pepper soup that you're not like, eh, this might be too much. You know, by the time I was done with it, I was happy to see it go, but not like overwhelmed. So this is a five out of five for me. How about you? Yeah, I'm, same thing here. Good. Worth a try if you like it. Mm -hmm. Okay, Kate, wrapping up the day's work here, the week's work. What was your favorite? Absolutely. The Italian press sandwich. 100%. Loved it. Yeah. How about you? Me too. It was just, I was uh, really happy to make this at home in a way that surprised me. I don't, it was just easy and it was delicious. Yeah. So well, great. If any of these recipes sound good to you, make sure to check out our show notes and a grocery list at dinnersisters.com. There you find links to all the recipes, any tips or techniques we talked about, and a whole bunch of other stuff. If you'd like to chat more with us, you can always ask to join our Dinner Sisters Facebook group. We are at Dinner Sisters Podcast, and we are kicking off a cook-along for the next couple months. Between holidays and the new year, we figured two months would be a good, good stretch with the Sprouted Kitchen. So come and search for us on Facebook and uh, join the fun. Yeah, Kate, I'm excited about this one because the Sprouted Kitchen is a blog I have not really been mm -hmm. been into before, but I'm looking forward to getting some kind of healthy-ish. I think she said a lot of her recipes are in the Mediterranean vibe, yep. and uh, it'll be good for this type of year to kind of balance out some of the treats we're all making. <laughs> right. Good. Okay, so on the smorgasbord today, we're going to do an old classic, which is one of mm. my favorites. Right. We haven't done rants and raves in a long time, Betsy, and I thought it was about time. So I'm going to start with my rant, which is I have not been able to find a good recipe for ciabatta mm. that doesn't like use a starter or make two huge loaves or is like overly complicated. Apparently this is a recipe that's like tricky to do. And look, I know I should just make a country bread. I know she maybe just suck it up with a starter, but for some reason this drove me nuts because <laughs> when I can't find a recipe on the internet that I like, it's kind of drives me over the bend. Not going to lie. So if listeners have any ideas, I would love to hear them. I might also hit up Alexandra Stafford and see what thoughts she has about Shibata. Cause I have a feeling she might be the person to talk to. Yeah, that's interesting, Kate. And I believe it. after three years almost of scouring the internet, <laughs> you have a pretty good feel of the landscape out there. I when you're like, I was like, if I can't find it, <laughs> where is it? <laughs> there must be a backstory on why there's not a single loaf ciabatta bread recipe. Keep us updated, Kate. Keep yeah. us updated. <laughs> ciabatta Chronicles. I'm telling you what. All right, Betsy, what are you ranting about lately? Well, I've had this problem and I think it's just me. So I'm not sure if this is like a rant on my own cooking, but my cookies are not turning out. I have made, oh, man. I posted about this in the Facebook group and people are like, wasn't that a year ago, Betsy, that your chocolate chip cookies looked really terrible and you posted on the, on the forum? <laughs> it sure was. It sure was. And I have brought, it's so weird though. Every time I make cookies, they're either 
a little bit too puffy, a little bit too this, a little bit too that. And I just can't get a consistent cookie. And I'll tell you that I've also been making a lot of snacking cakes. Those are going really well. Yum. I have been making snacking cakes. Snacking cakes are amazing. I've been making a lot of bread from the bread toast crumbs and other places going really well. Every time I try to make a batch of cookies, it's just not working out. And I, I don't know what it is. Well, maybe I need to come over now, now that I can come over and just supervise Mm -hmm. the cookie making and just take some notes, do some observations and some feedback or something. What a dream. Or maybe what a dream. (laughs) (laughs) Or, or how about, I've got actually a better idea. That doesn't sound bad. That actually sounded the worst. More I talk, the worse it sounded. How about this? I'll just make cookies and send them to your house. You know, we had that whole episode last week about outsourcing Mm -hmm. some things that are giving you problems in life. So maybe, and also I know there's a bunch of cookie cookbooks out recently, like that 100 cookies or there's just, Mm -hmm. but because I have had such inconsistent results, it's made me not even want to address this issue. Not, I will be clear. This is not a real issue in my life. I don't spend like, I'm not real upset about it. However, if I'm thinking about the things that just kind of annoy me, it's the fact that I seem to be unable to produce a good batch of cookies <laughs> after three years of podcast cooking and baking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and every time I try and tr- troubleshoot, there seems to be this like laundry list of things that could be going wrong. Right. So I just give up. Um, yeah. Well, so there we go. Maybe we can get some help from listeners about the ciabatta, maybe a good cookie cookbook, but let's talk about good things. Let's end on a high note. And for me, my high note is the Christmas treats section at Aldi's. Mm. Mm -hmm. Delicious. Specifically right now, the stolen bites, which are these little pieces of stolen stuffed with marzipan and they're soft and they've got these like kind of like delicious dried fruits in there. And it's like uh, just the perfect treat for tea or coffee. Yeah. I'm loving it. It's just giving me like smiles every day. And, um, you know, I think people might actually sleep on them given more of the glamorous options, you know, mm-hmm. dried fruit mm-hmm. stuffed marzipan is kind of old fashioned, but man, it's still delicious. So if you have an Aldi's in your town, I highly recommend those and really anything else in that aisle. It is full of treasures. I haven't even started to to mine the depths of the Aldi's Christmas section, but it's delicious. And I check it out. I was going to say, Kate, we, uh, I think you and I are a little um, predisposed to liking the Aldi's Christmas selection with our Wisconsin German roots. Um, Yeah. There's a bit of like a real sweet spot for us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My rave for this week is a little discovery also related to cookies and baking and, you know, holiday treats is pre-cut parchment paper. Have you seen this, Kate? Oh, yeah. I've been using this for a long time. Where have you been? Okay. I don't know. I thought this (laughs) was a new thing. Um, But tell me about it. Tell me about your (laughs) pre-cut parchment journey. I had no idea this. I've been like wrestling the giant, cause you know, the parchment paper always comes in that extra long tube. Right. And so you, and it's like, you're crinkling and it's curling up on you. And if you're really not careful, you can light it on fire under the broiler. <laughs> and like if it is curled up a little bit and you're on the top shelf, I'm not sure. It's just, like what? a little hazardous. Right. And so 
I discovered that they have pre-cut parchment paper and it comes in these little squares and it's just like the size of my half sheet pan. Yeah. It's amazing. So anyways, I didn't realize this was a thing. And no, I'm glad you're telling people because the more people know, the better. Um, uh-huh. I got a huge pack of it from King Arthur flour or King Arthur bacon. Oh, okay. Themselves. Yeah. So you can get a Like I bought a pack probably two to three years ago. I do. Um, I haven't years past. I probably won't do it this year just because of the move and things, but all that Christmas cookie baking that I do all of that stuff. And I still have probably half of it left. Mm-hmm. So if you, you know, you kind of make balk at the price and be like, Ooh, that much for parchment paper, you will use it forever. Yeah. So I would just say like, you're right. It's, and I don't think a lot of people know about it. I don't think you're the last person to know, Betsy. I'm laughing at you setting the parchment paper on fire. Cause that's hilarious. But I do think, um, it's good to let people know about that. Cause it's so convenient. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty hazardous. I don't, mm. it's not really my, you know, high point as a cook, but I just, you know, it curls up yeah. like that. It gets, it gets unwieldy. I feel like the parchment paper is unwieldy. And so, um, Yes, the pre-cut parchment paper, and also I have the baking mats, but sometimes it's just, I, I found out this is one of the things with, like, the cookies being weird. Sometimes there's, you don't want to put the stuff on the mat. You want to ha- use the parchment paper. Yep. And I found this to be, like, a night and day difference with ease in the kitchen. So there you go. And like you, I'm not I'm not going through parchment paper super fast. So it's just a nice, easy thing to have in the in the kitchen. So that's my rave. Um, okay. Coming up next week, Kate, we are doing uh, creamy pasta bakes. Yeah, full-on comfort food. It's perfect for this time of year. We're getting towards hibernation season. So why not have some carbs? Yeah, I like that. We can do the sprouted kitchen for the cook-along and right. then just creamy pasta bakes for the podcast. <laughs> Balance it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's it for dinner this week. See you next time on the Dinner Sisters. We'll save a spot at the table for you. Would you like a little dinner in your inbox every week? Subscribe to our newsletter by going to our website at dinnersisters.com for show notes and other fun stuff. If you have some dinner ideas, you can always send us an email at dinnersisterspodcast at gmail.com. And as per usual, if you like what you're hearing, please review and subscribe. Or maybe check out our Patreon page. That's how people get to know us. Thanks and happy eating. Mm -hmm.